You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 207, sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service and iFanboy listeners like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 207. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. I can't sustain that level of energy. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back, hey. buddy. I missed you. I missed you. We had a hack on last week. So we need to I get saw, a pro I heard. Hack. Yeah. So it was no, an awesome listening experience. We love Chris. Um, and also is Josh Flanagan. Huh? What? Yeah. Huh? What? You got? Yeah. Okay. Hey. All right. Well, then. Caught you off guard. What? No. Um, it's cool. So we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is all about the wonderful world of comic books. And every week we go to our comic book store and we buy our comics and we go home and we read them. And one of us uh, picks the best one and deems it the pick of the week and writes a review on ifanboy.com that you can go read. It's always a lovely read every Wednesday night. Um, and then we come here on this podcast to talk about all the, uh, that book as well as all the other books that came out this week and other various topics of interest. Um, we are also going to talk about the books that come out. So if you are, uh, that came out, so if you haven't read them yet, you might want to press pause, come back, and then you will, um, be able to enjoy it that much more. Or if you're okay with having things spoiled, then, and I made air quotes when I said spoiled, um, then keep on listening and be warned. Um, and quick announcement, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to be announcing our winners in the last of our October giveaways, possibly the greatest one of them all. Uh, a chicken dinner. Yeah, a chicken dinner, <laughs> along with uh, a batch of Inhumans comics from the 70s with some awesome artists. So we're going to announce that winner at the end. Um, this week, Josh had the pick. But before we do that, I made a mistake last week. And I meant to mention that Liberty Comics number two, the pick last week uh, that I made, I picked up at Mission Comics in San Francisco. If you're in San Francisco, it's a new store. Check them out. They're good. He saved my butt because they had the issue. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to them. So anyway, sorry. Are Josh, you, are you taking money on the slide? No, no, but it's a, are you doing that three ways? It's a new store. I wanted, it's a new store, and he had the he had the issue I needed. So, and I feel bad because I totally forgot because I was caught up in Neesman being here, screwing everything. I up. will. This so. this this is brought to you by Target. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Target what's store. what's the pick? Let me ask you something. Yes. Did I surprise you? Yeah, I I, I believe I spit out my drink. <laughs> uh, the the pick of the week uh, was uh, Invincible Iron Man number nineteen. This is notable as I do not read Invincible Iron Man, which is which which was the which was a mystery for me because I know you didn't read Invincible Iron Man. So how did how did this happen? This happened uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one thing I tend to check it out every once in a while because I want to like it, but historically when I read it before, I just wasn't blown away by it. And I think it wasn't that it wasn't good, but it was that everybody was saying that it was like awesome. This is a great title, and I was like, that's oh, all right. So sort of just by comparison, it was disappointing. If that makes sense. Um, not you don't bad. Like people I, like things. Yeah, I do. I well, I'm very punk like that. I still feel guilty when I say I like Pearl Jam. I don't know what that's about. Um, that's the poser deep inside me. Uh, what's What's interesting though is that you know, and historically, I'm not a huge fan of, of Matt Fraction's writing. It just doesn't speak to me all that much. And uh, it's not to say there's anything wrong with it. No, no, not really. It's I okay, like, I like that. You don't have to hedge your bets. 
No, no, I, I liked uh, I liked a lot of Iron Fist. Um, I th- think that was good, um, and I think that he's definitely changed a lot since my initial impressions of him. Um, you know, in some ways good, in some ways not. But uh, basically, I've been like I check this out every once in a while, and the description I believe at the end of the last issue was they were talking about how Tony Stark has gone dumb, basically. Um, and I was like, that's kind of interesting. So then when I saw that this was sort of the final arc in that in that story, I thought, well, I'll just read that because I, you know, I kind of I've I've seen what's going on. I kind of get it. And also, I think it's interesting sometimes to just jump in. We tell people to do that all the time, and I like to. Uh, I like to live, live, live the, live the dream. You know, I just so it's go flowers in and, for Algernon. Yeah, uh, I just like to read every once in a while, just something I haven't been reading, and just see if it works out. And you know, at the end, you know, it didn't. I wasn't really expecting to like it, I guess. So, so it, it kind of snuck up on me, and I was enjoying it, and then I was kind of enjoying it a little more, and then I got to the very end, uh, and I was, and I really liked just the, the the last page of it, and I liked what it set up, and. The other thing is there were three books that I read this week, and there may have been others that I didn't read, where Norman Osborn was the villain. Um, and it was, they were all unconnected stories, and he was the active participant villain. He wasn't like the shadowy guy in the background. Like he was, they were fighting with Norman Osborn. And, I, and even to the extent like when I was writing the review, I had to make sure that it was the same story. I was like, wait, did that happen in this other story when Norman Osborn was the villain or in this one? Um, but regardless, this was my favorite Norman of the week. I thought it was a really nice sort of mixture of that uh that bad guy villainy plus, you know, uh, competent uh, ability and and just all those things. It was very nicely done. I think that uh it's one of my favorite one of one of the better Norman Osborns, I suppose, going on out there. Not that I, and I, and I, it's not a good thing that there are that many Norman Osborns in books. We've said that all along, but uh, it really stood out this week. Um can you tell me um what it was about? Because I'm yes. very curious because I have no idea what's happening in this. Well, book. I, well it's funny, and it's and it's funny because I I also don't read Iron Man, but for some reason I know exactly what's going on. I think because they talk about another podcast, and I've heard other people talk about it. So when mm-hmm. I saw you did the, you made this pick, I picked it up as well and read it, and so I, I can speak from the same language as well. But Karen, yeah, and it, and, it, and it worked. Like you could read this issue, right? Yeah, I'm you not... could, yeah totally. I totally got it. I, and part uh, of it, I mean, if you have any working knowledge of the Marvel universe, I've read Iron Man on and off over the years, so I know yeah. who Pepper Potts is. Of course, I know who Maria Hill is. Of course, I know who Black Widow is. Know who Norman is. Know who Tony is. If you know the pieces, it, it the story is written. I, I I totally got it and understood. So. Yeah, and even you know, like it's in that way. I think it's it's sort of a triumph in all the books that have come out after the big movie that comes out. Like this is the one that is the most sort of accessible, I think, and and relates to the movie, but also works in the Marvel universe. It's kind of a nice little balancing act. Basically, what's going on here, and as has been going on all along, is that um, let's see. If I get this exactly right, uh, Norman and the Hammer have captured uh, a bunch of Stark tech, and I believe they had Maria Hill and uh, the Black Widow in Avengers Tower, and Pepper Potts went there disguised as Madame Mask to break them out. Um, when she got there, there was a uh, like a, another suit of armor that had been uploaded with the Jarvis program, and then went went you know who was working from one of the top floors. Isn't that, isn't that like? Didn't Pepper have like a lady Iron Man costume? Well, that's well, yeah, that's yeah. what it became. Yeah. Like, the, like once she caught up with it, the, yeah. the armor went all around her. So she has her own lady Iron Man, and so basically, you know, they they taken Tony Stark out of the spotlight a little bit because, as you guys know, you know, from Civil War on, 
he's been in a rough spot, and they kind of have a de- didn't know what to do with him. You know, in a way, he was the he was the protagonist, Norman Osborn, and that he was in every book for a while, and no one really knew what he was doing. It was kind of too much of him. So, and I don't know how it happened, but now Tony Stark is like losing his mind, and he's very slow, and he doesn't. Well, he's been know. because because from what I understand is that his head is full of all all the Stark you know technology stuff, all the engineering, but also all the superhero identities, everything from the superhero registration act from being mm-hmm. who Tony Stark was, and so he realized the only way that he could protect everybody else was to slowly erase his brain, erase his hard mm-hmm. drive. So what he's been doing is that he he you know he's manipulated technology and his body to dumb himself down to the point where he you know he doesn't know how to build the armor, armor anymore. He doesn't know who all the heroes are anymore. So that he he you know protected you know what basically mm-hmm. the mess that he caused. And and you know even even to the extent of he's he's for some reason he's in the oldest Iron Man armor too. So it's sort of a visual technical representation of where he's at and it's just it's an interesting thing to do with him i don't think that's ever been done before he's not in the position of being the guy who knows everything and has the right answer um norman finds out about him in the spot norman slaps on the iron patriot armor and he goes and he goes and beats the shit out of him uh which is really interesting because it's basically lex Luthor, superman in that lex is just pissed off that superman's better than him Yep. And Norman is just pissed off that Tony's better than him. But this is just part of the story. And one thing I liked is that it's very much an Iron Man family book. And to really – like the Pepper Potts story works really well. The characterization of her is really good. Um, you know, It's interesting. And then, so basically you get to the end and this is your, your spoiler of it. Uh, they, 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 are, uh, they capture Tony Stark. Uh, Norman Osborn does and he says, pull the plug on him. I wanted to die. I don't need it. And the guy says, we can't. We're Hammer. We work for the government. He has a living will. And his doctor is uh, Donald Blake. Now, those of you who have been with the Marvel Universe for a long time know that Donald Blake is Thor. Or it's his, his other identity. It's not quite that clear cut. When I read that speech balloon, when he said, huh? when, when Norman said, who the hell is Donald Blake? I went, yeah! <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of it. Because what happened, and then you cut to the other room and you see Donald Blake on a bed in a hotel room. And next to him is, is, is Black Widow and Captain America and, and Pepper. And you're, and you're just like, whoa, what kind of party was that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's the Avengers. It's Thor, Iron Man. And Captain America, and they're gonna Get end up putting dirty. all their all their differences aside, uh, presumably, and go take care of this Norman Osborn problem once and for all. And I just thought, yes, I want this to happen because we've been stuck for a long time in much the same way we were with the previous, you know, stories. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'd like to see some movement. I'd like to see, you know, the books diversify a little bit. And I believe um, Donald Blake had the, the his stick next yeah. to him too. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if you were Donald Blake, you would leave the stick laying around. I don't read Thor. So yeah, so this is this uh, this was a fun little journey into the books I don't read. I don't read Thor. I don't read Iron Man. But like by that last page, I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. Yeah, and it, that's exactly it. And I was just that's that's really good. And you know, at the end of the day, it made me happier than any other book I read. And I was even more impressed by the fact that I hadn't been reading it, you know, and I hadn't been part of it. And I just like this is this is a good Marvel book that didn't annoy me. So now the question is, are you going to continue to read it? I don't know. Probably. Probably now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll definitely check out the next. I want to know what happens next, and yeah. that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, the, 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 the art, some people like Salvador La Roca, some people don't. I could kind of take it or leave it. It did the job. I thought there's some really yeah. nice page layouts, good storytelling, things like that. Uh, it's a little mechanical. 
It looks it looks like it's I don't know if he does parts of it digitally so like the robot oh, yeah. looks really good but oh, the face is a lot of photo, there's a lot of there was a lot of photo referencing stuff like that. actually yeah. I started reading Invincible Iron Man when this when the series started if you remember way back what was it like 2 years or like 2 years plus ago I think ago. we all read the first issue yeah. yeah and and actually one of the reasons why I stopped reading it was because I just hated what LaRocca has become I used to really like LaRocca and it became so photo-y, Tracy you know like kind of you know look and I just didn't I just didn't care for it but it it this issue it wasn't it it got better from what I remember. Yeah. Not that, not but not that that got it better or worse. But it was like it was more what I what I want to see from him. You know. Yeah. I mean, and, and it wasn't bad. It's not my it's not my taste. I suppose this is part of it. Like, right. and it's funny because I looked at the coloring and the coloring looks a little soft. You yeah. know, like sort of it looks it looks a little computer generated. Um, and I, I looked and it's Frank Darmada, the guy who does and has done Captain America all along. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel quite as naturalistic, I suppose. Well, because um, it's a different—I mean, it's a different palette, it's a different artist, and and like for somehow Larocca has been able to do this this interest. I don't. I, I, not. I'm not saying I like it, but I see that it's interesting, and in that the, when I look at it, I almost see like a um, a density to the art. Um, mm-hmm. Or like a, th- a 3D kind of layering effect, and mm-hmm. so like what I see is I see the blacks, and then I see the colors kind of under the blacks with his art. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost where like the lines that are like making up a face are keeping the color, you know, contained within their, their lines. I, I, that's the best way I can do to explain it. Um, and it's interesting. I always I always am intrigued by that kind of look. Um, you know, and it, it definitely feels three dimensional to me. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the, what they're going for, or what it's meant, but that's how that's how I perceive it. Well, the, you know, the thing is, normally in a pick of the week review, you know, I'll, I'll write about the stuff I liked about. I'll write up the story, I'll write everything, and then I'll be like, and the art was great. You know, it, the art worked. It's not my favorite. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, it was awesome, because it's not. Uh, but it's not bad. I don't want to sound like, oh, you hate this guy's art. I don't. It's not my favorite thing. But it, it fit. It was appropriate. It told the story, and that actually makes the book all the stronger for it in a way. Yep. Um, it did all everything, – all, everything worked in this issue. That, that's, it really, yeah. really – it did. Yeah. So uh, there you go. I yeah. thought uh, – that was when does the siege start? Do we know? I, I mean, literally, December. the last page in this was pretty much I mean, saying that's, that's what you think it's about to start. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the same players. I mean, it, it could be setting things up. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's this. If, if I remember I know, correctly, what Bendis said in, in Baltimore, it's December. So the Michael Lark uh, drawn the siege, the Capal is right. in December. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Next up, probably if it wasn't for the Iron Man book, I probably would have picked Chew number five, which when is. When I the read fin- Chew, I thought this is uh, this is going to be the pick. Yeah, it's the final. I closed it. I thought this is Josh. There's no way Josh is going to pick this. <laughs> it was. It's very close, but you know, I like to I like to keep the kids on their toes. Uh, this this book uh, it was the last part of the first sort of arc, the Taster's Choice arc of Chew. Well, first of all, if you're if you've been listening or you've been going on fanboy and you haven't read Chew. Rob Guillory, the artist, was at, uh, on a fanboy this week, and he said the first trade will be out on the same day as the sixth issue. So if you want to jump awesome. on, though, it'll probably be one of those cheap image trades that they put out for the first one, and then you'll be able to buy that and six, and you'll be able to be right up um, current with Chew. But cheap, cheap is in in low price, not cheap in quality. Right. They, yeah. they <laughs> discount the first issue, right, the yeah. first trade, so you get you to, to, to read it. Yeah. Um, this is the final issue of the arc where where uh, Tony Chu the Sybopathic uh, FDA agent is uh, that's just weird to say. Uh, because uh, of this, we should probably invoke the Walking Dead rule a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. spoil the big twist, but and basically they've been that's he's a psychic f- food agent. He eats food. He gets psychic impressions of it. And they've been investigating this murder mystery, and this is the final issue of the arc. So the the, the murder is found out, and 
it 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 did one of the rare things that in comics these days, and that I was actually surprised by a twist. Yep. Where it actually got me, and I went, "Oh." Yeah. It, and and that twist it, was fairly obvious if you had seen it coming, but you didn't. And then even after that, like they kept you more surprised, which I thought was really cool. Right, and 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 it made sense, and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a twist for twist's sake. Yep. It yeah. was a twist that made sense within the story. And it worked to upset the status quo, and it worked to keep the reader on their toes. And I think one of the big draws, too, was the art from Rob Guillory. That get, I think he's getting better and better. I, the, if I had written a pick of the week about this, I would have focused on – I mean, that, that whole thing was really nice, but he really did some great pages in this. There was a nice – it wasn't a nine-panel grid. But it was a. There was, was like a, a. It was yeah, cut into eight. eight panels. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was eight panels. But he, you know, like just the, it was a real good use of that, and shows that slows the pacing down and gives you a certain thing. And then there's a really nice. It's I guess it's pretty much a two page spread, um, when the thing happens. The really gra- the the really brutal oh, violence yeah. oh, that's yeah. on the cover. I mean, yeah. That was a fantastic two pages. In yeah, there. that was a really good layout. And yeah, if you really look good. at the coloring, it's like splattered. It the production like, wise, there's a couple of those white panels that. Yep. You have to mm-hmm. tilt the page properly to see the art that's behind the white. It's yeah. just really nicely put together book. Yeah. Um, I, and and what I what I loved about it is that I love that not only was the twist that executed well, and I feel as if like a good resolution of the story, it put us in a good spot to move on to the next arc. Um, I love the way uh, Layman plays with with time. Um, in mm-hmm. terms of you know setting up in the very beginning and then 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 going back and showing you and things like that. Um, but what I also found interesting was that each issue. Was its almost almost like individual issue with little things that slowly move the bigger story along, as opposed mm-hmm. to just one, you know, dedicated story. You know what I mean? And that almost it almost felt more TV TV like. Yes. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Each, each issue had its own story that, yep. and then in the background you had the mythology going that exactly. came to a head in this issue. Yeah. You know, you had that issue three, which was the pick of the week with the the food critic. Like each story had its own little thing to hold then, on to. And yeah. then Last four issue was with the complete out there with, one. Yep. Yeah, the one of the aliens, and that, it just—it was—it's a really nicely done book from all angles. It's—it really is one of the most nice surprise books of the year. Yeah, um, beautiful. I'm just looking through the pages, and it's just—it's really oh, yeah. nice. And and you're right. I mean, like you know, it, it was good at first, but like getting better. And I love to see that. Yeah. I love it. You know, this, again, like this was a five star book easily. You know. Yep. Um, so um so moving on uh Justice League of America number 38 came out this week and this is the you know kind of the supposedly the next chapter of the the premier team book at DC Comics and James Robinson comes up well, comes I don't up. know that that's not necessarily true. What's the premier team book at DC? No, it's not the it's not the next chapter. That's 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 the untrue part. That's the part where they screwed up with the marketing. Right, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. I, what I'm seeing is it's a change in creative team. We have a new dedicated creative team, James Robinson, Mark Bagley. I expected the next chapter and, like, basically, like, moving on from the hell that we've been in for the past year of this book. Um, and right off, right out of the gate, um, I don't think I've ever seen a smaller uh, title of a comic book on the cover ever. Wow, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, remember when Morrison started JLA and there was JLA that was big like a JLA shield? One third of the t- cover. Put it fucking on the cover and just ma- get it in my face. You know, this is this is the team. This is even if it's gonna be Monel and Dick and all people who shouldn't be in the Justice League or depending on your opinion or whatever. <laughs> you know, even if it's gonna be that. Make it badass. 
And what we've got is we've got this little tiny Justice League of America at the top, and we've got this faded picture drawing of you know Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman, and you've got what's her name, um, Vixen. Vixen on the cover. And it just like this, you know. And the thing is, I know Robinson's a great writer. I think he's fantastic. I, you know, we all know how good he can be. And this is like this might as well have been you know whoever's been writing it for the past six months. Well, because this is more along the line of what they used to do in comics in the 80s before the internet, before everything was hyped to death, which was when a new guy came on, he wouldn't necessarily start over the status quo. He'd clean up the mess, and then he would start his status quo, and this is what's happening here. He's Robinson's ending the last era, which is the next – this issue, the next two. Yep. And then his real, the real next chapter begins after the darkest night. And that's what kills me is that like I was all ready for this to be for it. You know what I mean? Like I was all excited for it. I, uh, yeah, I, I I gave this one a two. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh come on. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't care about this stuff. I don't care to finish it. I don't care to. Yep. I don't, you know, I there were characters in here I didn't even know, like I who I didn't even know from the ones that I didn't know before. I mean, it was. Yeah, oh, it's just more whining. Right, <laughs> what are yeah. we doing the, here? The Why is, are we here? The thing is, I know that I know that Robinson is better than this. And like, I thought Bagley's art was great. It was Bagley. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't awful. It wasn't great. I mean, I like, thought he had a nice, was, nice know. sort of gritty edge to his art in this one that he d- didn't have before. No, and, yeah. and that was fine. But I, I, it's almost like you know, if you're gonna come in, you're gonna do your debut on the title. You gotta come. You gotta in. kill it. Go big. And, yeah. But see, I disagree with that. I think that's that's the perception of a culture where everything happens right now, now, now. In the right, in the but, past, but, they they are they they give a chance to build up your story, and this is what they're doing. Right, now. but I well, I don't think it's a now 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 culture type thing because I agree with you that our culture is now 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 and all this sort of thing. But like I don't I don't I you know I I, I and, I, and I I'm not dis- the- disregarding what happened in the past. I'm just saying as bad as this book has been, you needed you needed to you needed to pick pick everything up and make a big splash that and. And they just well, I mean, I stopped reading the book because I wasn't interested. Right. So I thought, okay, a new team comes on, it'll be a new thing, and it wasn't. It was right. the same thing, and I was like, oh, I don't I mean, want it. So Connor, I mean, so if it's if it's the way they used to do things, did you like it or? I give it a four out of five. Yeah, As I like. I mean, it's it's all solid. It's solid superhero work. It's not spectacular. Yeah, it's just it's just that. I mean, do you really care about Vixen and Plastic Man and 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 all these like what's the, what what's been going on? I don't know what's been going on. I'm just yeah. here to for them to, for them to clean it up. Oh, you didn't you do you you didn't get last issue or the issue before? No, I haven't bought this in. in oh, okay. I've been yeah. okay. See, see, that's where we're coming from. Two different places. I've been reading yeah. it for the past year. Like I didn't stop. Yeah. You know? see, I, I, yeah, I haven't been on it for a while. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting how that that you know I've I've been beaten down by it as Josh has and. <laughs> So. I didn't keep buying it though. Well, I did. You know, I'm a glutton. No, I just I I thought like like they're giving me the signals all over the place that this is something new. Yeah. And I that's what I wanted. I would have bought something new. It's not it's not like we're we're re, we're reopening our restaurant, all new staff, same menu. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, and well, it, I, but it, no, I don't think that's the tr- truth either. I think he's he's getting rid of the old menu, and we're going to watch him get rid of it. Right, but it's, yeah. it's a cleansing. It's not. It's not. This isn't going to be this. He's he's going to end this. But I don't think. But that does. I don't think that helps anybody. Well, I think it, it helps DC because the other the other creative team is so toxic. Toxic. Well, yeah, but so so just say okay, great. You know, clean yeah, your, clean your hands and be like, and here we are. We're on the look, we're on the satellite. Thank God we rebuilt the satellite. You know, look <laughs> how fast. To use the same example, look how fast Grant Morrison dusted off the old when he started his run. Yeah. It's yeah, like, let's I know. Kill, it's, let's it's, kill Metamorpho in the first couple pages and get on with it. Yeah, I um, think it would have been fine. I mean, I've, I've always av- advocated that they should just start the book over again. Yeah, yeah. And but the, you know that they're doing it and they're, you know, they're launching this in the middle of Blackest Night and people would freak out if Justice League didn't uh, participate, acknowledge yeah. that some yeah. way, which yeah. is what has to happen. So, 
they could have <laughs> they could have let it languish through dark blackest night and hadn't had any sales or they just do this this way and we'll see I, how it works yeah i mean it's it's definitely it's definitely a, it's a it's a difficult difficult position they're in right now with this book um but I just, you know, like the, the the cover says it all for me. Just the, how tiny. Just like that, it's kind of like, well, why are Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman on there? Well, a little bit. It's well, the past. Yeah. I I get that, yeah. but like I, I I have to think about that. Like if I'm a if I'm a comics fan, and I'm like, oh look, Justice League, they're all on the cover, and then you <laughs> they're not in it at all. Yeah. I did I, I did like the little reference to when when Plastic Man was setting the stage, saying why they're in the cave and what it is. And he's you know saying how it was the Justice League's headquarters, or whatever. And then Red Tornado reminds him that it was Young Justices, and admits that I almost forgot myself and I was in the team. <laughs> that, that was that was, that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's little little bit of creators talking to each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what was the other book that came out this week that oh, I probably wouldn't have read, but I did. Oh, it was Brave the Brave and the Bold twenty eight. Uh, this is J. Michael Straczynski and Jesus Sayas uh, doing a Flash and Blackhawk story. I assume you like this a lot, Connor. I did. I, I did. I give it a four. I, mean, I didn't love it. I liked it. I, a it's lot. a very. It's a very Silver Age tale, very. which I like. I think it works for the Brave and the Bold book. I like. I like. There's room for throwbacky stories in in all the books they put out, and I think if there are going to be any series that does it, it's either Brave and the Bold. Uh, with with its one shot tales of odd pairings, and I think it really worked well in, that, in this instance. I thought uh, Jesus Sayas' art was great. Absolutely, yeah. And, and not only that, but you know, we, this is a theme we've been talking about. You know, he did. He was on Checkmate for a while, right? Checkmate, That's yeah. First got to know him. Uh, this looked real good. Yeah, really good. I mean, this looked better than his Checkmate stuff. This looked better well, than the JSA stuff. This. So, oh no! So he did the art. He did, oh, so he oh so he inked himself, and Trish Mulville did the colors. Yeah, it looks nice, and it's yeah. just – it's the right level of flatness. You know, that Flash costume, I think it looks best when they just keep it kind of simple color-wise. Um, I actually really like this um, the, for the most part. If there was ever a superhero book that was made for the two of you, it was this one. Yeah, I mean it's well, funny. We should tell people why. It's, it's, a, it's a story where the Flash goes back in time to World War II, and he teams up with the Blackhawks in France fighting the, fighting the Krauts. <laughs> and, and and that's or the Germans or the Germans depending you know, on yeah. you could kind of substitute any hero for the Flash in this one. Yep, right. A little bit. Um, it could have been Captain America. Well, then you wouldn't have gone that had the time the back of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This actually okay. would have been. I almost for a half a second thought about it to be pick of the week, but I thought uh, that that would just be doing it to piss people off. Um, but there was a, a couple of things in the beginning, and I think he used that Silver Age license. Yep. Where like in the very first pages, we need you to get to light speed, and there's like a field with numbers going down. It I was like, yeah. well, a second light speed would mean he's far, far away from the planet. Yeah. Like there was just, it was just like it's a little silly. The science doesn't quite work. So that, but then he gets back there, and you forget about all that stuff, and it's it's kind of fun. Um, he does a little bit of that preachy thing at the end where he's saying the thing that you don't necessarily need to say, I guess. Um, but I guess if you're going to do a comic book, it's about World War II heroes. You can go ahead and be like, they're wonderful people uh, at the end, which almost, you know, just felt like it was a little superfluous because it was said in the story already. Right. Um, they were the extraordinary ones. You know, it's fine. But overall, really good issue. Uh, you know, I like that it didn't exist. You know, it's just. It's just a story. It exists yeah. when it does. And it's a nice it, you know. little story. It doesn't matter if it's a continuity or not. I mean, like, I was kind of thrown off because I didn't know whether it was Wally or Barry. And then, it's, you know, then I quickly figured out that it was Barry. But then, you know, then I remembered that this doesn't matter because this is just one of those, you know, this is the brain and the bowl. This is what it should Same. be. 
Yeah, I said yeah. the same thing. Yep. I like that. Uh, well, so Barry goes back in time through this rift, and he ends up in the outside of Bastogne, I think. Yep. And yep. Uh, he's with the Blackhawks in a bunker, and it's being charged by Nazis. So Barry super fast throws a bunch of bricks at the Nazis, knocks them all out, and the guys and the Blackhawks are like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> shoot them." I don't shoot people. Well, you're in a war. Yeah. And like, that was the part I really liked about it. I thought that was the greatest choice in this book. And he goes, all right. He puts a uniform on over it. And I was yeah. like, "That's that, uh, that, was, that, that was, was cool. Strong. That was cool. Yeah. It was really, so, really strong. So cool. I can definitely get behind that. So, Connor, we need an update on the biggest events in comics right now. Archie 602. Thank you. What I'm finding fascinating about the whole Archie tale right now is that – and we'll get to the, the plot in a second, which is, which oh, is fascinating – is is there's this whole weird undercurrent of like tragedy in this story, which is <laughs> which is just fascinating. But if you remember last last month, we talked um, Archie and Veronica got married, and then at the end of the issue, we found out Ar- Veronica was pregnant. So we fast forward to Archie wearing very old man double breasted suits and telling his parents that he is uh, about to have a baby. So everybody in Riverdale is excited, and Mister Lodge is rewriting his will to include their grandchild, and then uh, you know. The uh, Jughead's going to teach him how to eat hamburgers, and, and Moose is going to teach him how to play football, and everybody's all excited. Um, she, uh, Veronica goes to tell Betty. We find out Betty on like some sort of skid rowish neighborhood in New York City because she's lost her job, and she can only afford to, to, to eat in the really bad parts of town, which sort of goes along with Reggie last, last month getting laid off and coming around for a job with Archie. Oh, There's just this weird undercurrent where they're trying to keep it like modern, because the times are so bad, but it doesn't make it's sort of really incongruous in the Archie world. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought maybe the call dropped. Um, no, no, we're listening. I'm, I'm, I'm this is like your this is like your X Men Forever section now. <laughs> it really I know, is. I, I don't have one. I guess. Um, I love it. Go on. But uh, so this, it's just weird. It's like they shouldn't put too much reality in Archie. That just doesn't it doesn't really work well. But of course the uh, the, the pregnancy happens. No, and, and they have twins. One looks like a little Veronica, one looks like a little Archie, but no one knew they were going to have twins. I, I figured a doctor would have told them. Um, Sometimes and, one can hide behind the other, apparently. I guess, apparently. And yeah, then we like fast forward really far to like, till they're, like, they're young kids, and then like, Archie's getting old and kind of fat, and, and it's just bizarre. And then he it's, goes it's, for... It's dystopian Archie. It is. <laughs> <laughs> He's like drinking his whiskey, looking out at the snow, and wondering what happened to his life. That's and, excellent. He didn't. He didn't do that. But he did go out. And he did go for a walk down memory lane again, where he takes the other road. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because memory lane splits like a Robert Frost poem, and <laughs> he uh, decides to go the other way. And next month, uh, alternate future. No way. The next week, next month, Archie marries Betty. So. Oh, excellent! Aren't they know. just finishing up Archie at this point? I mean, it yeah, well, sounds to me like this is the gift wrap for Archie, and we're done. It's, it's really strange, but uh, it's just fascinating. I love that you're so into it. I love it. I am. Yeah. I, I bought the, the Digest, too, that came out with the Norm Brayfogel art, and that was cool because it has, like, the crossword puzzle and the map and the little maze. <laughs> but did you, did you do the crossword puzzle when you should have been working on your book report? I did, what, I did it. Did, <laughs> you send in, did, did you send in box tops for free Ovaltine? Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm thinking of buying the entire run for $9. <laughs> All 600 issues? <laughs> yeah, no, that would be awesome. I would do that. No, it would, just for this current uh, Archie. Few, and it's funny, I was in the comic store. Somebody came in looking for it, and they were wondering how it is that, that they could actually be marrying off Archie. Wouldn't that be alienating half the audience? And I was just like... 
fighting. The, the rampant anti-marital <laughs> RG faction. Well, the, no, the rampant Betty fans would be mad that he picked. Them <laughs> I love how wait a minute. I love how it's clearly the Betty Veronica thing, but Josh goes on the marriage thing. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I don't know anything. I know less about this than I do about the X Men. Oh, that was I, I literally, I literally I, had to bite my knuckle because the kid was like, you know, he was a teenager and he was there with his girlfriend, didn't clearly understand the market or the fact that it was a dream story, yeah. but. I didn't want to be that guy, the comic story either. So I just excuse me. Kept my mouth shut. Yeah. Excuse me. It's actually a dream story, and uh, it's actually not real. It's not, uh, continuity-wise, it's not in comic. Connor never does voices, by the way, and it makes that really funny. <laughs> um, so it's fascinating. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the Archie Renaissance. <laughs> what world am I? Is this an alternate reality? It might be. And I'm also kind of fun uh amused at myself for being so mad about him marrying Veronica and choosing her over Betty last and now they're gonna go the other way. So now I feel better. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Let me ask you let me ask you folks at home. Are you are you are you enjoying this? <laughs> <laughs> because if you got you easy are, listening there. That was really yeah. awesome. Uh if you are, uh you can uh, you can become part of the reason that it happens all the time. We're gonna give you a couple of quick ways that you can help out iFanboy, and then we're gonna move on with the show. If you listen and you like this show and you like the Talksplodes and the Booksplodes and the special edition podcast and the website and all that stuff and you want to help keep it going there are a couple of really easy things that you can do you can make sure that you click on the banners the sponsors at ifanboy.com they are there you know they're there so that they can support the show and if you can support them that would be really good uh so don't don't just gloss over them every once in a while you know go check out their wares you know sign up for some stuff you can always go to ifanboy.com slash amazon and this is of course going to be bigger coming into this holiday season as it's coming up can't believe I just said that, but it's the end of October. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and if you go to Amazon through there, that's all that you have to do. Anything you buy, uh, we get a little bit of a credit for, and, and that helps us out immensely. It's a really, it's a really big deal. So uh, just go to that and bookmark that Amazon uh, and, and use that over the holidays, and, and that would be huge. You don't have to do anything. Just do what you would have normally done anyway. Uh, all the best things you can do, however, is you could become an iFanboy member or you could buy iFanboy T-shirts. Uh, we still have some, some T-shirts. We have the iFanboy Power Responsibility T-shirt and the Herm Short, which is, which is being produced as we speak, I believe. Yes. It is. Uh, okay, so uh, there's some Spider-Man. Let's hope we don't break their machine this time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, with the power responsibility shirts is the graph. It's, uh, it might be related to a character. I'm honestly not sure which character it's related to. It's red and blue, whatever. And then there's the Herm shirt, shirt um, which uh, might have something to do with something Dave Gibbons worked hey, Dave on. Dave Gibbons liked it. I don't know why he would. <laughs> yeah. He likes it. Random. So, those shirts are both 15 bucks. There's a limited number of them, so uh, help support it. We love seeing guys and girls in them at cons and at, at stuff. It is awesome. You can also become an iFanboy member, which is just uh, it's a little way of saying I want to be part of it, and we'll send you a little something back to thank you for it. For $4 a month or $42 a year, you can get an iFanboy prize pack that consists of uh, some buttons, a sticker, and you, you'll get a random comic book from our collection. If you've got some extra some extra dosh to spread around and you feel like being generous, you can join for $10 a month or $100 a year and for that you will get the iFanboy prize pack which is all the other stuff I mentioned plus you get your own t-shirt um, and then the, the big thing uh, is that all iFanboy members are eligible for our many giveaways we've been trying to give out as much stuff as possible we've done some really big ones this month we got one more at the end of the show we're going to announce a winner for and basically thank you thank you so much to everybody who does anything you can at all the members you are so important to us and everybody else is too so thank you very much now we're going to get on with the show and see we're, we got that out of the way yes thank you thank you to everyone again um, Thunderbolts number 137 uh, you spoke uh, Josh earlier during 
during Iron Man about how that was your favorite Norman kind of situation. <laughs> uh, Thunderbolts 137 had my favorite Norman, which was Crazy Norman on the Green Goblin glider with a bottle of Jack on it as well, mm. which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, this was Rick. This was Rick Remender's. Uh, it was, I think, it was his debut on this. Yeah, uh, he's not staying. He's, on. I think it's one issue. I think he did. Yeah, right? yeah, something like uh, that. You know, I didn't really care for the Thunderbolt stuff in this issue, but I did leave it thinking that he would do a really cool uh, Luke Cage Iron Fist story. Yeah, he did. Like, he like, did. He did great with Luke Cage Iron Fist. I thought he did good with with Ant Man and the under th- the other Thunderbolts around Ant Man. Yeah, that's um, fine. I just don't. I don't know anything about those characters, or like you know, I didn't read it before because of it. Right. That makes me think of when I liked the Thunderbolts, and which is, it, but it's completely a different thing now, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I like Norman with Jack on Honest Glider, crazy cool. as he should hey. be. So um, I laughed out loud when I saw the the ad for Azrael number one, and I thought, oh no way, Connor's buying this one. Well, first of all, it had a fantastic jock cover. It did, it did, but I just couldn't. I, did, I had no idea that Azrael was coming back. I saw well, the costume and I laughed. I hate John Paul Valley. We all know that, but he's dead and gone. This is a different Azrael who debuted in a miniseries that uh, what's his name drew that he's going to do Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, Fraser Irving. It was a really good, good looking um, mini. So anyway, I bought this just on a lark. I wasn't really planning on you know collecting the series or following. I was just more curious than anything. And this turned out to be the most interesting book of the week because. Um, it was told in flash forward, like there was a main, you know, the A plot, but then there's also a B plot that was six months in the future. Okay. And, um, I was reading it and it was okay. It's, it's, it's Fabian Niciesa who does really good Batman stuff and Ramon Box who, who's all right sometimes. And I was getting towards the end and I thought, you know, this was all right. I probably won't, I probably won't buy the second issue. And then we get to the last page and it's revealed that in the future in six months, the, the hero's dead. Mm. Which I thought was a very interesting device now, because now we know this guy, the new Azrael, is destined to die in six months. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, so how do we get to that point? I thought that was really – that was, interestingly enough, a device to get me to read the second issue. Because up until the last page, I really was thinking, all right, I wasn't going to buy anymore. But then it's, what's the story when the hero – you know, the hero's got a shelf life? Wow. So cool. that could be interesting. I'll definitely get the second issue, which I wasn't going to do until the last page review. Cool. And Supergirl 46, which was the final p- part of the Hunt for Reactron uh, crossover that's one of the Superman books. And I really liked this crossover, and I really like um, that they've been j- juggling all these characters, and I feel like I know them all really well. Josh, Josh, did you drop off of this? Yeah, I had to make some some harsh cuts to my lists. So I have – it's one of those things like I – what I've been doing is reading them later. Right. And I sort of grabbed a bunch of them from you and read a bunch at once, and I, I really like it. It's good. It's real yeah. good. Uh, you'd They've think done a great job of fleshing out these Nightwing and Flamebird characters. You'd think that Sterling Gates is a much more seasoned writer than he is. Yep. Yeah, I guess. And and you know, is Jamal Igle still on it? You know, he's doing he, the he, work. He drew about half of it. It was Jamal yeah. Igle and somebody else. But it was. I'm really impressed that they've they've been juggling Monel and and Supergirl and and Flamebird and Nightwing and all these characters that we didn't really know beforehand. And I feel like we know them all really well. They're all interesting characters. And they all, You're absolutely right. And they're all you know. If, if, if Superman would return tomorrow and start all the books and they all went away, I'd be sad. Mm, be- I could see that, definitely. Uh, I don't think that Superman could support that many books on his own, quite honestly. Um, next up, we want to talk about Last Resort number three. If you remember, this is from IDW. It is IDW, right? Yes, correct. Um, and it's by Jimmy Palmiotti. And it's Justin and Gray. Gray. Yep, yep. Yeah, Justin, Justin Gray. Yep. Uh, it's a zombie story, basically. But if you remember, we really liked the first issue. Uh, it was just sort of a fun sort of 
guess a disaster zombie movie 70s, setup. 70s, 70s, yeah. yeah. Exploitation disaster film. Second issue was all right, and I thought that this one this one was good again. I, uh, I love the art. I really love the, 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 yeah. the, the look of the art. Um, yeah, it's definitely working out well. This one was... Uh, Giancarlo Caracuzzo. Yeah. <laughs> like the second one, I just, it was just there's Provolone. a lot of characters and a lot of stuff going on, and I kind of yeah. I don't know who anybody that. is. I don't know what, but that's I, I, the only problem with yeah. the, I have with the book is, is not yeah. knowing who anybody is and their, their relationships. But it doesn't really you know matter because they tend to die really quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I'm, just, one, I'm just rolling with it. In this one, I was starting to. I was by the end of them, and I, I did have an idea of who everybody was, and like it was coming back to me, and it was fun. It was a fun book. You know, it, it shows that if you want to play around with the zombie thing in comic books, you can still do it. Well, are crazy well. mutant cannibals really zombies? That's the question. Yeah. Whatever. I like Zombie Lion though. Yeah, Zombie Lion <laughs> was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> Walk out the, walking out of the jungle, we, uh, just just ripping apart a girl and walking back. In the we'd be remiss not to mention the fantastic Darwin Cook cover as well. Yes. So, all right. Looks like Next ju- juicy up. steaks coming out of her stomach. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I'm like kind of hungry now. Hungry. So, DC yeah. Halloween special. I love these Halloween specials, and I think Marvel has one coming out next week. Um, which I'll be equally buying. And I'm surprised, honestly, that these still come out. These are very much old school throwback comics, you know, out of continuity specials that deal with, that are full of short stories from the holidays. And um, this one was good. It had a bunch of different um, big creators on them, which if I go through now, it'll be boring. But uh, like Dustin Gwynn did a story and, and Kelly Jones and Mark Bagley drew a story and people like that. Duncan Rouleau did one. But Mark, the, Mark Bagley drew a story while we've been doing this show. I mean, that's two not- stories I wanted to mention. He did. He wrote four stories. I wanted to mention two stories. One was the actually the Bagley story, which was about Guy Gardner trying really hard to organize a party on Oa, a Halloween party, and everyone was like, first of all, none of these people know what Halloween is, and no one, everybody's already kind of in costume. But he was really adamant about doing it. And and then there's this there's this two page sequence in the towards the end where. Um, interspersed there's a guy talk at the party where he finally he finally gets it thrown and he's having fun at the party and talking about his rules of the party so you get these like you know drink a lot rules and then in between that is flashbacks to his terrible terrible childhood where his abusive alcoholic father beats him on Halloween and he can't have fun and you know drowns drowns him in the apple bobbing thing and it's just this like it's this very powerful sequence where you find out the reason why he's so adamant about having fun on Halloween is because when he was a little boy he was just he was just – he had this horrible childhood. And it's it reminds very, me of an Archie story I read once. It was very much like Archie um, <laughs> and very, very moving, just sort of odd in, in, this, in, the, in, the, in the context of this lighthearted book. It was very mm-hmm. much stomach punch and then it ends on a threesome joke, which was weird. But, uh, nice. Apparently he makes, a, he makes co- construct women to have sex with him in ice, which is strange. Um, then there's a, there's a really nice Billy Tucci story at the end, which is – he wrote and drew, and it was it's it's Superman racing the Flash around the world, and then um, at the end you you realize it's just two kids dressed up as them pretending to be Superman. Oh, that's Flash. cute. It's the neighborhood, and it was really nice because at first it was really it was written really hokily, like really hokily, and I was like, ooh. And then you realize it's because it's two little kids talking to each other. I oh, find right. that nine times out of ten, when you find something written right like that, now there's a reason. Right. And it, like it, I'm always like, oh, this is stupid. Oh, I was being a jerk. Yeah, nice. exactly. And the, yeah. and, the, and the Billy Tucci art's really nice. It's it's very um, bright and like it. It's not at all the style of Darwin Cook, but it reminded me of it because it's very bright panels and very very cleanly you know colored and inked. And it's re- that was a really nice sequence. If you're in a comic store, check it out. It's towards the end of the issue. Cool. Uh, but it was an 80 page issue, so there was you get a lot of you get a lot of material in it. Cool. Um, 
the one book that I I love the art on this week was uh, Spider Woman number two. Um, and just it made me th- just Alex Maleev, like all those years we lost with him on that Halo project and all this sort of weird stuff, like made me remember back to the Daredevil years um, of Alex Maleev. And, and this issue was just it, it's just beautiful. Every every page, every panel, I thought was just, you know, like, oh, man, this guy's great. So do you per- do you prefer it in paper form or uh, I'm not comics? I'm not I'm not going either. I'm not going there either way. But um, it was um, I enjoy I did enjoy reading this issue regardless yeah. of the motion comic. So. Um, did you guys see the ad in the back of Brave and the Bold? I threw it away. It? I looked at uh, it. I looked at it quickly, and I just see these manga-like characters. But then I just looked at it quickly now, and I realized they're standing next to Mickey Mouse, and it's some Nintendo DS Japanese manga game. But they mixed in with the Disney characters. It's, King, it's Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's really weird. It's, Kingdom Hearts has been around for years, right? But are they crossing over with Disney? Always have. Kingdom Hearts is a Disney game. Oh, I had no idea. I just see like these manga characters. Gamers everywhere are like, what are you fucking (laughs) idiot? Don't send the emails. All right. So so, uh, that was all the comics that we enjoyed this week. Um, And if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the list of comics that come out every week. uh, And you do your pull list and you can come back and rate and review the comics. And we like to highlight some of you, the ifanbase's reviews. Um, And so for our first one, we wanted to uh, highlight Alicia Crawl who uh, reviewed Cowboy Ninja Viking number one from Image Comics and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and art a 5 out of 5. And at the time of recording, 12.6% of you made this your pick of the week. Way to go and try something new, people. And Alicia Kral says, The writing was just phenomenal. I was cracking up all the way to work. I was laughing so much like a crazy person, I could have easily been mistaken for a quote-unquote triplet. That's one of the characters in the book. The pacing is really fast and it reminded me of movie dialogue. Speaking of movies, I got some Steve Zissou tones from Gareth Critton and Southgate. Just so you know, crazier. My only complaint is that it's not, it's not even a real one. It's the odd size. Makes lining it up with my other comics difficult. God, that sounds sad even as I type it. And, um, <laughs> it's golden age size. It's a golden age size, much like Viking uh, was from Image. And uh, I'll tell you something, boys. This, this was my pick of the week. Um, All right. I, the, the art uh, is Riley Rossimo, who we've, we've come to know from Proof. Um, which is wrapping up yeah well yeah it's wrapping up this phase um but it's written by aj lieberman and um really interesting because this was done in kind of a black and white but with blue tones kind of similar to uh parker by you know by dark Mm -hmm. um that kind of looks same same like the nobody by jeff lemire um i believe the next issue is going to be in full color um, so I don't know what the decision was with that or whatnot, but talk about in one issue creating a universe and a world and in- introducing you to a character that just kind of grabs you. They they totally nailed it with this. So are they um, cowboys, ninjas, or Vikings? Whatever. Well, there's one guy. Basically, there's this one guy who in in his head he has a cowboy, a ninja, and a Viking in his head, and they do a really great visual thing where it, you see him the three different personalities thinking, you know, in his head thinking, and the word balloons are like when the Vikings talking, the word balloon has a little axe coming out of it. And when mm-hmm. the when the cowboy's talking, there's a little gun coming out of it. And when the ninja's talking, there's a little sword coming out of it. And you see like what's happening in real time. And meanwhile he's wearing a Viking helmet and he's holding a gun and holding a katana. And when in real time when stuff's happening, you see him, you know, his head trying to make a decision or you know, and, and they all have different personalities and, and this idea of the triplet is a an assassin who has multiple personalities, three personalities, and this one goes rogue and, and that's and we're off to the races. There's another one out there as well who appears to be part um, pirate conquistador seaman. Hmm. <laughs> so um, I would but buy that, it if it was Frankenstein, Tonto. What was the other one? Uh, the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. No, 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 no. From Saturday Night Live. Frankenstein, Tonto, and Tarzan. Tarzan, right, right. 
So, um, so yeah, so Cowboy Ninja Viking, number one, um, we, you know, Proof, Chew, there are all these great books that came from Image. This is your opportunity to pick one up on, on the first issue, so go grab it. So. Well, they all sing Christmas carols, right? That was uh, one of those, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Connor, now read DCBS sponsorship. DCBS has monthly specials up to 75% off. You can get 40% off all your major publishers with flat rate shipping of $5.95 on all U.S. orders. You can buy anything listed in previews. You can get over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock. Yes, 9,000. You can track your orders online. See, I listened to the show last week. You can go to DCBService.com for all of your comic book needs. That's where you can get really cheap single comics. And just want to point out that there are over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock, not in stick, like our script says. So. In stick, there's two. There's two <laughs> mistakes in that one line. Yeah, exactly. They, they're not actually my mistakes because I just copied and pasted it. From well, there, there's your mistake. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't proofread. Yeah. All right. So, um, so go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. See all the uh, comics that come out, and then go to dcbservice.com and buy them. Uh, now on to the emails. Email bad. Uh, Rusty, Russ who is Finbar Bat, my fanboy, he writes and says, "How old do you imagine some of the characters in comic books are?" <laughs> His voice fun. did that? Yep. I've been reading comics for 20 years now. When I was a kid, it was obvious they were adults, save Peter Parker and the Teen Heroes and Power Pack. Now I am nearing 35 and feel like these ageless characters are closing in to be my peers. At some point in the future, I know I will be older than the characters in their books. Do you think about this? <laughs> also, how old do you think Bruce or Dick or Clark is? Scott, Oro, Gene, Johnny, Ben, Reed, Logan, Cat, Vandal Savage, and Roz, not included. In my head, most of these characters are trapped in their early 40s. That's too old. Yes. It's, it's Aurora, by the way. Aurora? Aurora. Um, Aurora. Well, I'll give you the. the I, I do think about this a lot, Russ. And I'll give you the. the Not surprised. Previously, the key, the key to the ages in the Marvel Universe has been Rogue. Yeah, yeah, we'll get this again. Rogue is 21, and everyone is around that, or was 21. Listen. So. <laughs> this is, this is, this is going to go in a bad, 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 a bad. <laughs> How old is Bruce? He's 30-something. No, that's, he's in his 40s. No. 37. Yeah. No. No, he's yeah, definitely no. not. He's in his 40s. No, he's not. He's not. The thing is, these characters don't age. The only characters that age are the kids. But yeah. the, the adults stay in their 30s. How old is Dick then? Dick is in his 20s. 24. Dick's like 28. No, no. He's not, he can't be portrayed that way. The problem is that's why you can't get into this discussion because these characters can't age. You can't get yeah. into this discussion. <laughs> it won't make sense yeah. whenever you try to nail sense. it down. Yeah. It's like Back to the Future. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. They, they allow the sidekicks to be from, go from kids to young adults, but they don't allow their, 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 you know, their older characters to age because then you'd have 50-year-old superheroes running around. And, no, and unless you're in the JSA, nobody wants that. So There's a, there's a reason that they don't do like birthday. You know, they don't go, happy, birth, happy 28th birthday, Dick, because... Yeah. It would mess stuff up. They don't say it, and they don't say it well, on purpose. Connor made an interesting point. Except for the kids and the JSA, like it's it's cool. It it, it could be young or they could be old. Like they're playing up Jay Garrick and Al, Alan Scott and all them as old guys. But they got de-aged. Yeah, they, they did. did. Actually, well, they, they did. Well, because yeah. they would be all in their nineties and their eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, they got de-aged something that re- that signifies their elder statesman, but still being. Plausibly young enough to fight crime, so they're all in their like fifties and sixties. But well, over in Marvel, where everything makes sense, um, I'll tell <laughs> you. I'll tell you that uh, that Cyclops is he's like thirty two. So there you go. 
But he didn't start that way. He started off. No, he started off at 18, but he's aged. He's and he's 32. Right. Well, because they they were technically. Then there's no way heroes. that Rogue is still 21. Then no, Rogue right. is like 26 now. The the, the the key has moved on. Kitty's like 23, 24. Yeah, you know they they're they're aging slowly though. Peter yeah, but- Peter now is like 30. So. Oh, I don't think he's that old. Peter Parker, he's thirty. Yeah, I tend to think of him as like twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Nah, he's thirty. It does see. Here's the thing, though. It's what you make of it. Yeah, this exactly. is right. Exactly. In my head, he's, he's about twenty-five. Make own, yeah. Make your own continuity. So you know. Mm. All right. Well, if you have a question that will make our heads explode, you can email us at contact at ifanboy dot com. Uh, on to the voicemail. Uh, our first voicemail has got an important question about new comics. Hey guys, this is Carl from Florida. Just got a quick question for you. What is the most important thing to you guys when it comes to jumping onto a new title? Is it like a new creative team or maybe a reboot that makes things friendly for newer readers? So, uh, yeah, just wondering what it really takes for you guys to jump onto a new book. Also, who would win in a fight, uh, Jimmy Olsen or Tom Caters? All right, guys, thanks for the show, and uh, have a good one. What an apropos question, considering what we were talking about earlier with Justice yeah. League. Yeah, but let's first address the second question. Um, and that that Tom Caters is a bit of a Nancy boy, a bit of a oh. fancy boy, fancy lad. So really? yeah, but I, I, I was thinking the opposite. He's I know. Like, I, that's that's why I said Wolverine that. and an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would just stomp on the issue, and yeah. it would be fight over. No, I he think would, he I, would step on your neck. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Although Jimmy's been trained by like you know Action Man, right? Man. Yeah. That's a good point. He has superpowers at one point too. Yeah, I mean Tom will ridicule him, but yeah. But Tom will know what all that stuff is. True, and yeah, and he'll know his weakness. Yeah, he's like Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, so what's important for jumping on a book? I, I think um, I think a, 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 what we often call a good jumping on point. I, a, a new story arc, you know. That's well, no, he's thing. saying a new book, isn't it? Like, he, or, he sort of changed the middle from new book yeah. to any kind of – I think I, re- I answered an email in the letter combo this once. I had three criteria. I'm trying to remember what they were. One is creative team. One is characters I, ca- I like or interesting scenario. Like it, it, it's a mix of all three and it, it could be any of them or it could be a mix of them. It could be – you know, it's, it's hard to say. There's no real hard you know, answer for that. You know, for me, it's for everybody. It's different. For, for me, it's, it's always starts with a writer, then an artist after that. But it's, it's almost nigh impossible to get me interested in a new superhero book. That doesn't have somebody I know doing it. You know what I mean? Because um, if it's just like some no-name dude on some no-name book, it's really hard. I'd have to hear. I almost have to hear about it later for the most part. Yeah. When you're talking about like a concept that really gets me, sort of non-Marvel DC, it's it's often done in like in the concept or like I'll always try to check out and find things that well, like are. Chew. We talked about. I bought yeah. solely because of the blurb. Yeah. That I read on iFanboy in the comics page. And that was the whole reason. I didn't know the creative team. I didn't – obviously the characters are new. Nothing – it was just a blur. But other books like Azrael I bought because of the writer and the character. Like it all depends really. I mean and the thing is it's also uh, – for me at least it's sometimes it's a gut thing. Like I'll be looking on the racks and I'll see something that will grab me. You know, and I'll yeah. flip through it and I'll be like, you know, I'm going to give this a try. And admittedly the, the success rate on that is much lower than, than when you know that, OK, Andy Diggle's writing a new uh, – you know, Thunderbolts. And so I'm going to jump on and give that a shot because I like him. You know, mm. um, It's often a gut thing. So. Yeah, cool. there you go. One more. All right, our next voicemail is a question for Josh. Hey, this is Aaron from Durham, North Carolina. And I guess this is a question for Josh. Because my library is awesome and carries graphic novels, I'm reading um, Hellblazer Joyride. And at one point, John is um, giving his name to someone for a form, and he says, Constantine, spelled T-I-N-E, rhymes with fine which makes me think that it should be Constantine. But that just sounds pretentious, and everybody else is Constantine. 
Is this something you have any opinion of, or am I just, you know, wasting my time here trying to decide whether to say Constantine or Constantine? All right, love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's not. That's not pretentious. That's British. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people get that mixed up. Some people get gay and British mixed up. It depends on which robot you're looking at. <laughs> I didn't see myself going there. Oh, wow. Um, I actually went through this same question, and I was confused a lot. because I mean, obviously, if the book says it, that's the deal, right? But I've heard Karen Berger, head of Vertigo, say it both ways. For a long time, she said Constantine, and then she switched, and she started saying Constantine. Because if you're American, you don't say the British way. Right. When the uh, Except he's British. When the, uh, when the movie came out, uh, Keanu Reeves said Constantine. Yeah. Um, I checked with Andy Diggle because <laughs> – because you can. Yeah, because I can. Because the internet's awesome. And he said Constantine, because uh, that's correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's like David Bowie. Yeah. They, let's keep in mind these people say David Bowie. They also say schedule instead of schedule. I got, I got in a fight <laughs> with, with a friend of mine who's from London because he kept saying Bowie. I was like, what the hell is wrong yeah, with you? Yeah, Bowie. It's, it's, I didn't realize that everybody there says it that way, yeah. which technically should be more correct. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but then his daughter's name would be Zowie Bowie. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. It's Zoe Bowie. It's not Zoe Bowie. Maybe it is. That sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, they're crazy over there. I tell you. Crazy. So it's, it's Constantine, though. Yeah. All right. So problem solved. Um, so call and leave us a voicemail with pressing questions at one eight 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 fanboys It's one 326 2697 And leave your name. Tell us where you're from. Try to keep it to 30 seconds. Those are good voicemails. Um, we love you. And so it's giveaway time. We've been doing a big giveaway month at iFanboy. We've had big prize packs the last three weeks. So this is our final big prize pack of the month. Very exciting. The Inhumans giveaway prize pack. The winner of this prize pack will receive the Inhumans 5, 6, and 7 from 1976. Black Bolt, the Inhumans 9 and 10 from 1971. And the Amazing Adventures featuring Inhumans and the Black Widow. And actually, there's a little bonus here. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Because originally, I only found 2 through 8. But I found 1 the other day. So you get awesome. 1 through 1970-71, that features art by Jack Kirby and Gene Colan. Holy crap. It is fantastic, and whoever wins this is going to have a nice package of the mail, and that winner is Robert Adamson. His name His is name Robert Adamson. Robert Adamson. <laughs> Robert Adamson wins the Inhumans Prize Pack, so you're going to be looking forward to that in the mail in a couple of weeks. You'll be getting some nice old 1970s, which is very early in Marvel era. Connor, comics. Yep. why are we giving this away? I don't know. I've read and, them all. Or, or why are we giving the Jack Kirby away? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. His name is Robert Abson, and he wins. So that's fantastic. And he wins because he was an iFanboy member. He signed up at iFanboy.com slash store, and he helped support the site. And this is one of the ways we thank you. We told you all about that earlier, and that's yeah. why. Cool. And um, we also want to tell you about our sister site, Murmur.com. has got a great uh, podcast that's up to issue, uh, issue episode number 10, which comes out this week. Um, sure to listen to it for some Halloween goodness as well, some writing goodness, I believe, some you know literature type stuff. We're going to do a little bit of TV. We're going to talk yeah. about some of this stuff, some of the late night TV that's going on. Cool. Maybe so. talk about Top Chef. So that comes out on Tuesday, and you can find that over at Murmur.com as well as in iTunes. Just search for Murmur. Uh, you want to go to ifanboy.com, you can read my written pick of the week review. You can read all the other stuff that goes on. It's a really good conversation this week, some really interesting stuff. Mike Romo has been hitting it hard, I believe. Um, <laughs> and all the other writers, there's new stuff on there every day. You can go make your own pull list and check out all the books that are coming out on Monday night starting. And you just go down the list and you click pull, 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 pull on all the books that you want. It's very nice and simple and extremely helpful that's all for free that's all for you at ifanboy.com you can go to ifanboy.com slash about and you can see who we are and how to connect with us on the web in different ways 
Uh, the video show is still on fall break. It's coming back soon. I know we keep saying that, but we are we're we're meeting. Some somebody shot video. We was out in motion. Yeah, if you were in San Francisco, San Francisco, you might have seen me doing something. Just saying. Yes. A hint. So, as we said earlier in the show, you can send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Get your questions and comments on this show or perhaps on the video show in returns or in the weekly letters column on ifanboy.com. Indeed. And if you dig us, you can go uh, write a review on iTunes, or better yet, uh, tell your friends about the show, uh, tell people to read comics, tell them all about iFanboy, tell them to check out this great website, iFanboy.com. Um, and please write a review on iTunes. We thank all the hundreds of people who have done it. We really appreciate it. Um, and we appreciate you for listening. And being- I, was, I was feeling pretty hot shit about our, iFan- our, our iTunes reviews, and then my friend said, you should check out this other podcast about history. It was called, it's called Hardcore History. Dude's got 1,600 reviews. All like, right, oh. that's our new target, 1,600. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> so cool. Well, it was good to have Connor back, and uh, look forward to future podcasts with you. It's, it's been a rewarding experience. So uh, I passed the audition. You passed the audition. So until until next week, I'm Ron. I'm now Connor. You were who were you before? I was not on the show. Now I'm on. The oh, show. I see. I thought Chris. <laughs> I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs>